welcome back to another edition of Compelling Conversations with Colleagues. The program is sponsored by the ABA Government and Public Sector Lawyers Division. I'm Katherine Mickelson. Today we have with us Tracy Thompson. Tracy is an Assistant Attorney General with the New Jersey Department of Law and Public Safety, where she manages the office and oversees the investigation and prosecution of all types of insurance fraud. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you, Katherine. Pleasure. Tracy, your current position is a fairly new one for you. Can you tell us generally about what you do? Certainly, Catherine. So as the I'm the acting insurance fraud prosecutor of the state of New Jersey, and that position actually requires Senate confirmation, which hasn't come yet, which is why my title is still acting. Our main mission is to develop, oversee, and coordinate uh, and implement an anti-fraud measures as they pertain to the crime of insurance fraud and to protect the insurance industry from that fraud. So we uh, are involved in fraud detection, fraud deterrence, uh, and fraud disruption. We do that through the investigation, prosecution, and education and awareness about anti-fraud measures. Okay. Uh, you've been there a long time, since 2001, and you've had numerous positions with the Department of Law and Public Safety. Can you tell us a little about those? Absolutely. So I came to the Department of Law and Public Safety in 2001, first in the Division of Criminal Justice. I started in white-collar money laundering. That was a great change for me from being in a county prosecutor's office. The cases in the Division of Criminal Justice were a lot more complex. Although we had fewer of them, they were not more labor intensive and document intensive, which I loved it. It was a, a dream come true to be able to work here. From there, I was a special assistant and then the deputy director of the Office of Government Integrity, again, getting back into more of the fraud white collar that I was longing for and uh, then prosecutor supervision, which got me more into my roots of interacting with county prosecutors, offices, uh, and then human trafficking came along, um, which we'll talk about a, a little later, and uh, then counsel to the director, and then here I am as an acting insurance fraud prosecutor back in the Division of Criminal Justice. So you began your career as a prosecutor. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. Uh, following law school, I did a, a two-year clerkship, and then I came to the Mercer County Prosecutor's Office. I'm from the city of Trenton, so it was great to be home. That is the capital county. And what's interesting is that when I was in the fourth grade, uh, a former county prosecutor, Ann Thompson, who was the first black woman prosecutor in the state of New Jersey to head a prosecutor's office, came to a career day at my elementary school. I was about nine years old. And she said what she did. And I said, I can do that too. And uh, sometime later, an assistant prosecutor, Randy Norris, prosecuted a case. I happened to be um, the relative of someone who was murdered. And that case was tried in Mercer County. And when I started working for that office, again, it was like a dream come true for me to be able to work with the person who prosecuted the case where my cousin 
was murdered. At the time, he was chief of the trial section and leader of the homicide unit. And I learned so much from him uh, during my experience accompanying my aunt to work and also while I was in the office. And I was an assistant prosecutor for nine years handling juvenile and child abuse and sexual assault cases. Tracy, um, did it have any influence on you that the woman who came into career day, Ann Thompson, looked like you? It absolutely did. She stood there, a black woman being a prosecutor, and I felt like she was speaking directly to me. It was a class full of kids. But looking at her was like looking in a mirror. She stood there as a reflection of me and made me believe that I could do it. The fact that I saw somebody who looked like me already in that position made me believe that as a little black girl from Trenton, I could accomplish the same as what she did, and I would have the same opportunities as, as she did. That's fantastic. You, you never know how somebody can influence you, right? Exactly right. Now, how did your experience as a prosecutor give you a good grounding for your positions with the Department of Law and Public Safety? Well, as most people know, at the county level, you're trying a lot of street crime. Uh, robberies, burglaries, drug cases, child abuse, and sexual assault. And so you're in court a lot. I think that, well, I know for sure that being a county prosecutor helped me to develop my litigation skills. And it was those skills that uh, helped me to establish uh, in my own right, my abilities in the, the Division of Criminal Justice in the White Collar Unit. Mm -hmm. You were also a law clerk, which was your first position right out of law school. How did you land that clerkship? My uh, One of my law school professors, uh, Joanne Epps, she was my uh, criminal procedure professor and uh, my criminal law professor, and she knew one of uh, the judges, uh, Judge Lisa Rochette, and she served as a reference for me. I interviewed for the uh, position and I got it. Now, I had also gotten a position in the state of New Jersey. Um, however, the judge wanted me to make a decision right then. And I was nervous, like, is this a brass ring? Do I only get one chance at it? Mm -hmm. um, and he was a family judge and I really wanted to do criminal. And so I'm glad that I, I held out for a criminal judge. Judge Lisa Rochette was a homicide judge in the city of Philadelphia for the Court of Common Pleas, and she did bench trials, except if it was a capital case. And what I got to see were the best Philly district attorneys, all homicide cases, and the best of the private bar that Philadelphia had to offer in terms of defending criminal cases. And it was real life, but I learned so much reading those transcripts and sitting in that courtroom that I felt when I went to the county prosecutor's office, I was ready for court. Absolutely. Yes. Great, great, a great grounding. I suggest to, to all law students 
really um, doing a clerkship helps you put into practice uh, what you have learned in in law school. I don't think right out of law school I would have been able to represent someone or or try a case. Yeah. And I got distinguished class performance in trial advocacy and in criminal procedure. So it, it was interesting that even with those accomplishments, I still didn't feel ready to be in the courtroom. But after my clerkship, watching people put the rules of evidence into action and make opening statements and then having the benefit of reading their opening statements and determining how I would have changed them to suit my own style and ability, I certainly felt ready. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, what could have been more effective as an opening. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what's the best thing about your current job? Wow. The best thing about my current job is that it gets me back to my roots of being involved in criminal litigation. So part of what I do is I have to approve the plea offers and the prosecution memos. What charges are going to come out of this case? Do we go criminally? Do we refer it for civil litigation? Do we do we settle? Will the person get pre-trial intervention, or are they going to get a, a prison sentence? Have we spoken to the victim about the case? All of those negotiations and criminal prosecution strategy um, are just so great, I think, uh, of something that I want to work on. And so uh, it got me back to my roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it would be very satisfying. Yes. So on the flip side, what is the most challenging thing about your job? Wow. The most challenging part for me is maintaining an experienced staff. So we pour a lot into our deputy attorneys general, a lot of training and education inside of the office and out. Regrettably, we can't compete salary-wise with private industry. And so maybe after about three, four, five years, our deputies decide to leave, and then we have to start all over again. And these cases are very complex. And so they're not the kind of trials that uh, someone right out of law school can handle, um, or even someone who's just completed a one-year clerkship. And so the challenging part is to hang on to experienced staff, right? It takes about two to three years before you're ready to handle these cases in court. And because we're dealing with white-collar crime, we have some very sophisticated trial lawyers because the criminals are trying to hold on to their money and not go to prison. Mm-hmm. Um, so people want to work here, but sometimes they can't afford to work here. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, that it's a common uh, situation across the public sector, unfortunately. Yes. Yes. People are taxed out. Now, the great thing about the Office of Insurance Fraud Prosecutor is that we are funded by the insurance 
industry to to some extent, right? Some of the fees um, that people pay to the insurance companies, they then in turn pay to the government, which funds this office. But mm -hmm. it's, it's still not nearly uh, nearly enough. But um, I have to say, I think we're doing a great job with the amount of funding that we receive. Right. So what type of law school classes would you recommend to law students who are interested in working for a state AG? And I know, you know, their state AGs have vast jurisdictions, so it's maybe a little hard to answer, but what, what do you think? Generally speaking, take the courses that will help you pass the bar exam, right? Mm -hmm. yep. we, are, <laughs> we are looking for people who are admitted to the bar we don't have a, a law clerk position, so we need you to be admitted to the bar. And if you are interested in the um, criminal aspect of what we do, then take more criminal courses to show that that's where you want to focus on. If you're interested in civil litigation, then take more civil uh, classes, right? Mm -hmm. um, that, that would be the only distinction. You can't go wrong taking constitutional law, right? That has a civil component and a, a criminal component, and it will certainly help you on the the bar exam. Right. So Tracy, what's your proudest work-related accomplishment? My proudest work-related accomplishment has to be the work I did in human trafficking. Now, ironically, I was applying for another position in the office to be the director of the Advocacy Institute, which is our training component. However, I didn't get that position, but during the interview, I was asked, would I be interested in human trafficking? And I said, well, I don't know anything about human trafficking, and it was as it related to the Super Bowl. And I said, I don't really know that much about football either. Um, however, and I did ask, does this position come with the raise? And the answer was no. I said, does it come with a car? No. How about reserve parking? No. Well, do you still want it? And I go, yes, I'm always up for a challenge, right? And so I took this position and in human trafficking, I had to learn as much as, as I could to help prepare our state. And I was able to be uh, the leader, but more importantly, part of a team that developed an anti-trafficking strategy in advance of the Super Bowl, but that survived the coming and going of the Super Bowl. And that strategy is still being used today. And now the human trafficking program director is a cemented part of the executive staff of the Division of, of Criminal Justice. Prior to that, it had been relegated to being in uh, the Gangs and Organized Crime Bureau and not a member of executive staff. And so I really feel like the work that we were able to accomplish brought it more to the forefront of what needed to be done and what an important policy role it had on the executive staff to the director of the Division of Criminal Justice. Wow, that's fantastic. So Tracy, tell us something nobody knows about you. Wow, so my mom recently found this out or so 
I think that she recently found it out, was that um, every morning before breakfast, I would get ice cream, but I wouldn't put it in a bowl. I would just put it in a paper towel so that I wouldn't be leaving any evidence that I had ice cream before breakfast. (laughs) Now, my mom says, because I was an only child, she says, you know I knew it was you all the time. Um, but you weren't getting sick about it. Your body really doesn't know the difference between that sugar and the sugar and the fruity pebbles that you wanted. It was dairy, you know. She said it wasn't a big deal. I had to pick and choose my bottle, my her her battles. Yeah. Um, now that wasn't so bad. One other thing is uh, to encourage students who get in trouble. I was kicked out of nursery school. I just I could not behave. And, um, but look what I was able to accomplish. So never give up. Absolutely. Never give up. Well, Tracy, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you want to learn more about the ABA's government and public sector lawyers division, go to www.governmentlawyer.org.